Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Good morning. morning. Welcome to my temple. Welcome to my palace, rather. The palace in Jerusalem. People have been spreading rumors about me lately, saying, Harry, didn't you slaughter babies in Jerusalem because you were trying to get rid of a baby king? (laughs) What? Why would I even do that? I love babies. I've been a baby. I've had babies. Some of them are still alive. <laughs> they killed babies, and, and, and why would I want to get rid of a king? I'm the greatest king that the Jews could have. I'm, I'm the king of the Jews. I mean, after all, who's the one building up the glorious temple? I am. Who's the one advocating for you people of Jerusalem and Judea? I am. Who's the one building up our nation so that it's strong again? I am. So I have everything under control. (laughs) I'm not afraid of a baby king. Welcome to our village. Our son murdered before his second birthday. Our son, our likeness, our progeny, our hope. That monster Herod slaughtered him like he was an unclean swine. King of the Jews, not this king. Never. Herod the Great. Herod the Paranoid. Herod the Maniacal. Herod the Diabolical. The Great. He can call himself whatever name he wants. He's just like the rest of them. Growing fat on our food waging war at our own expense, slaughtering innocent infants? Haven't our people suffered long enough? We thought Egypt was the end of it. Then came Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and now Rome. Every one of these empires with their boots on our necks. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be the called out ones. But with Herod, Judea is just more of the same. He tries to gain favor by building up the glory of the temple. All that glory is for himself. He lifts up the eyes of the people to the red rubies in his palace and moves their eyes away from the red gashes on my son's corpse. We long for the prince of We long for Messiah's rule. We long for his kingdom. 
We have too long dwelt in darkness, in the shadow of death. You know, we saw that light too. It hung over our town, that star. We know the prophecy. Out of little old Bethlehem comes the one who will rule the people of Israel, and under him will dwell securely. You know, I think Herod knows the prophecy too. I think he's terrified. We look forward to the coming of the one who will cast down the rulers from their throne. The one who will come to set up his kingdom. The one coming to lead us into peace. Oh, come. Oh, come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here. We mourn today. We grieve, but not like those without hope. Because one day, someday, one day we'll rejoice. Well, good morning, everyone, again. I'm David now. <laughs> Today is the first Sunday in Advent, and uh, in many Christian traditions, this is the Sunday we celebrate hope. Hope is the confidence that God will fulfill his good promises. Hope is the light in the darkness of despair. The darker the despair, the greater the light appears. Perhaps you can recall a time in your life where you have been tempted to despair. Maybe it was the death of a child or a loved one. Maybe it was a bad breakup or a divorce. Maybe it was an overwhelming work schedule or perhaps just thousands of small disappointments that accumulated into despair. We're currently going through or hopefully about to finished going through the pandemic, uh, and that's took, taken a toll on us in many ways, perhaps in our bodies, those of us who have felt that, perhaps the emotional toll of not knowing when this is going to be over, perhaps the social toll of family tensions, perhaps the toll of having people close to you who have lost their lives. Despair dwells in darkness and says, how can you possibly go on? The despairing psalmist said, darkness is my only friend. Now, the parents of the murdered Bethlehem children, do you think they were tempted to despair? Of course they were. Overlooked, abused by the rulers of Rome and Jerusalem, and now this, with no one to turn to with a plea. But the God-fearing among them possessed what Herod could never get his hands on. Hope in God's certain future transforms our present reality. Hope in despair is perhaps best expressed by Habakkuk, a prophet who lived six centuries before the birth of Christ. We call him a prophet, but interestingly, his book doesn't prophesy to anyone. He only prays to God and then preaches to his own despairing soul. Habakkuk, the book, is a series of agonizing prayers followed by a song. If you have a prayer journal, perhaps it looks like this. A lot of, God, what are you doing? 
interspersed with moments of praise for what you see God has done. Habakkuk cries out to God again and again as he struggles to accept God's goodness as his community crumbles around him, both from internal and external forces. Habakkuk cries out to God, how could you possibly let this happen? Have you ever cried out to God like that? Have you ever been in that place? Let me briefly share three snapshots of despair. First, since the U.S. set up an Apache reservation in Arizona in the 1870s, many have died over the years due to malaria, contaminated water, and Agent Orange testing for the Vietnam War. Once a government dam project burst and flooded their whole cemetery. It's now buried underwater. While they receive government stipends, the community's economic structure renders business growth difficult, if not impossible. Unemployment is high, and so is poverty, alcohol, abuse, and every kind of domestic abuse. One family was so poor, Bill Wallace was telling me, that they were taking apart their mobile home to burn it so that they can keep warm during the winter. Without a vision of the future, without hope, dwelling in despair. Snapshot two. When Jose Nunes was 15 years old, the cartel killed his uncle, and Jose took his uncle's place, trafficking drugs. Soon enough, the cartel put a target on his back, marked for death dwelling in despair. Third snapshot. After World War II, my stepmother's family escaped Soviet Ukraine. Both of her grandfathers had disappeared under Stalin's reign. After arriving to the U.S., this family of five moved into a no-key apartment in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, escaping sorrow, facing an uncertain future. Habakkuk shows us in the midst of chaos to cry out to God, lay out every complaint before him. Habakkuk says, I will wait for God's response and I look forward to being corrected. He already knows the scripture. He already knows to trust God, but right now he wants to answer this. God, we need to talk. Has your life experience ever pushed you to the place to pound on God's door, to march right up to the throne of grace and say, I understand I'm probably wrong in something, but you need to tell me what's going on. If you've never been in that place, that might sound kind of blasphemous. But if you have been there, and I trust many of you have, you can probably testify that your relationship with God has grown stronger since then. The place where the worst that could happen happened was the cross of Christ. The evil forces of the world converged to exterminate the author of life. But the resurrection transformed that place of ultimate despair into the place of ultimate hope. Death no longer has the final say. There's hope. Only after his turmoil, turmoil and prayer, only after, could Habakkuk reach the place where he says, but the Lord is in his old holy temple. Let all the earth remain silent before him. The book of Habakkuk 
ends with a response song. When everything around me seems like despair, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. If Habakkuk experienced a similar catastrophe here today, he might respond, though the produce is rotten, though all the meat in the aisle is rancid, though the oil wells fail and the fields produce no profit, though the cupboards are bare and the fridge yields no food, <clears throat> will we rejoice in the Lord? Will we be glad in the God of our salvation then? Hope moves from darkness to light. Hope moves from death to light. Hope moves from despair to hope. Hope doesn't deny the current darkness, but hope sees something beyond it. Hope sees the great light that is bringing God's future to present reality, even now, even while we don't see it happening. What hope does the gospel bring to those dwelling in the land of the shadow of death? Let's revisit our snapshots. The Apaches who are furthering their education and strengthening their community are largely those who also know Jesus Christ. The promise of future resurrection and restoration gives hope in the present to bring death to life, to redeem the lost, and to restore broken economic systems. Second snapshot, Jose encountered an old preacher at the park one day who shared that Jesus loved him. So Jose and his gang attacked him. The old men kept coming back, kept coming back after months of ridicule. And now, Jose knows Jesus, and he preaches to despairing souls who are now in the position he once was as a hopeless young man. Third snapshot. My stepmom's parents started a business. After six years, they could finally move out of their no-keep apartment. She herself grew up to become an ESL teacher, English as a second language, so she now helps children of immigrants adjust to the society like she had to when she was young. When my dad suddenly passed away three years ago, she became a widow for the third time. Months later, she started leading a grief share program at her church to help people grieving the loss of their family members, especially when the pandemic was at its worst. She also became a Stevens minister to help those in need. And last time I visited her house, she showed me a picture that her own mother had kept from her christening. It showed three angels, faith, hope, and love. And my stepmother recalled, they called me Medea. That means hope. God is the one who gives hope in despair, light to those marked for death, light to a dark future. And for those of us not currently in despair, God calls us to take the mantle of Jesus to bring hope into places of despair. Now, in our church ministries, the lost are found, the addicted are cleansed, the isolated are welcomed, the hungry are fed, the cold are made warm, and so on. So, uh, thank you, church, for all that you do to bring hope. And to those who are still able to give, what a great opportunity.
Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared, and the soul felt its worth. A ray of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine. O night, when Christ was born. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.